Who's excited about not stealing? See, what excites me this morning is that, who, know, who knows that telling people not to do things is a surefire recipe for disaster. And so we've got to come up with something which is a positive to counteract the fact that we know we shouldn't do negative things. And what excites me this morning is that to put a spin like that on this commandment is going to take skill, (laughs) finesse and strength of character. So I'm not going to preach this morning. We're going to get Mathan to come up and tell us all about it. So apparently I'm the picture of skill and finesse. <laughs> it's not exactly, so I just remembered back to uh, it was year 10 in New Zealand, which is like year 9 here, art class, and uh, it was, no, year 9, so it was even earlier, it was when it was compulsory, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it does, and uh, so what, what we had to do is um, create first year we had to draw these pictures and like a bit of a collage m- montage thing. And then we had, the next step from there was to put that on, uh, we had to put on some sort of board and then cut it out, make, make a cutting of that picture. So then we would make prints from that picture. Um, my art teacher, uh, I remember ca- coming to my picture and going, it's interesting, it's quite sort of uh, German-esque and, and lots of aggressive lines and... <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of finesse. Uh, so, actually, it's kind of ir- ir- ironic because I'm hoping to have a couple of things on the screen. Uh, so, I'm not known for drawing, okay? But, uh, uh, but I'm sure it'll be... Whoops, that shouldn't have... Exactly that one. See, I draw in the wrong spots. Uh, so, yeah, th- this morning is the last week of Thou Shall Not Steal. So who's stolen in the last three weeks? <laughs> Sorry, just just being a bit cheeky. So um, what I'd like to do, uh, just firstly, just recap last week. And so we we spent a couple of weeks on not stealing and what was stolen from us, and and, and that's uh, good. I won't harp on on the negative side. What we want to talk about is, and Brendan started last week, is stewardship, which uh, the opposite of stealing is to give and. Uh, with stewardship, God has given us things, and what are we doing with those? And, and particularly with respect to finances and financial provision and our resources last week. Uh, so, what, just have a quick look, just to recap a couple of those things. Uh, Brendan introduced us to uh, Psalm 24:1, where it says, "The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for He founded it on the seas and established it on the waters." So in case you missed it last week, so the, the important things from there is the whole earth is the Lord's and absolutely everything in it. So if, it, every, if the earth belongs to God and everything in it, then what we have is not ours, it's God's. That, that's the, the simple version of that. So what are we doing with that? Is, um, how are we controlling? Are we holding back? Are we stealing? Are we releasing? What are we doing with what God has given us? So, and then Brendan went on to talk about the, the parable of the talents, uh, finished on, and we may be familiar, uh, this uh, master went away and there were three servants and he, he gave them, or he passed on his resources to them. They were his resources, not, it was not a gift, they were stewards, they were looking after, they were to manage, they weren't to own, they were to manage, kind of a modern day business uh, version of that, they were managing rather than owning. And the two that took a risk and invested and stepped out and did something with those resources uh, got a return and they were highly praised. But the one who held on and just kept it at neutral, kept it at zero, he was considered uh, a wicked servant and he was told to flee and what he had, he had to divide amongst those that were faithful and uh, using those resources. Now, the 
you might say, well, uh, okay, so talking about money, uh, it's the parable of the talents and using money as a, as a way of describing what resources do we have. So the resources could be the finances, as, as Brendan talked about last week. It's also our, our time, our abilities, and also our gifts. And, and that's what I want to talk about this week is what gifts do we have and what are we doing with those? How are we managing those gifts? How are we uh, being good stewards and enabling others for the, the benefit of the kingdom and our church and those around us, the family and friends? What are we doing? So last week, we're, we're all experts now. We're all good stewards of our money. So what are we actually doing with the other things, the, the time and our gifts? Uh, 1 Peter uh, 4 verse 10, which Brendan also introduced us to. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. A couple of things I want to have a look at here, just to pick it apart a little bit more. So uh, firstly, he's saying uh, each of us should use whichever gift. So he's talking about you and me. It's each, each one of us. So every single person has a gift. It's not about anybody just standing up here, whoever's got the microphone, uh, whoever's leading a connect group whoever's the most talented and ridiculously good-looking. It's, it's not, not about that. Each of us has a gift. And so then, from there, whichever gift we have, uh, we should use, interestingly, to serve others. So the whole purpose of having these gifts is to serve others. It's not to serve ourselves. It's not to be a big note. It's not to be, oh, look at that great, amazing person who's so gifted and talented the gifts that you have, the gifts that I have, are for the people next to us. So the, the people in the road, people in your family, people in the community, it's the gifts we have, we are to be stewards of those gifts for the benefit of others. And then he goes on to talk about the aspect of being uh, faithful stewards. And uh, just uh, and of God's grace in its various forms. And uh, the word used for grace in, in the New Testament often is uh, this the root word for charisma, and so grace and gifts are actually sort of interchangeable as far as the, the original language it's used in. So when we have gifts, the gifts that we have are actually just God's grace to us in a different form, and it looks slightly different. It might be a slightly different package, but it's all God's grace to us because we're undeserving. There, there's nothing that we can do to earn uh, salvation, nothing we can do to earn eternal life. God, Jesus did it on the cross. And the gifts we have come from God, and it's God's grace in its various forms. So, that, that being said, introducing the idea of gifts, what gifts actually do we have? There's, there's three different kinds of gifts that are talked about in the New Testament, and uh, some of you might be experts on the gifts, but I'd just like to cover a, as a, uh, just a, a broad subject th- these gifts uh, so everyone has a good understanding, and then... What we'd like to do towards the end is to uh, pray for those that maybe uh, don't know what gifts they've got or would like a certain gift and for those that want to step out and maybe feel like sort of been holding back and it's time to be good steward and let those gifts go for the benefit of others around us. So there's three different kinds of gifts, and uh, excuse a little bit of Christianese, there's the, the general spiritual gifts, often referred to as the charismatic gifts in uh, 1 Corinthians, and we'll go into the scriptures later. There's these motivational gifts, which are referred to in Romans, and then there's the, uh, what are called, ascension or leadership gifts in Ephesians, and different styles of gifts, and, and we'll, we'll touch on them briefly, just so you've got an understanding. Uh, but Mentioned in uh, 1 Peter, it says, so God's grace in its various forms is received to serve others. Just to flip it around. So we're serving others. Now, an, another verse that talks about why we've been given these gifts is 1 Corinthians twelve seven. Just to highlight and just to repeat. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So it's to serve others. The gifts are all about the common good. It's for a good thing, it's for a benefit, it's to uplift and to build up the people around us and to benefit others. None of these gifts are about uh, sucking life away from people and God, that's not God. There, there is a spiritual world out there and there are counterfeits and there are others that will try and hook you in and there's representations of some of these gifts 
that, um, for instance, this week uh, someone contacted Carmen and uh, just a, a friend, uh, not in the church, uh, and just uh, I'll just preempt that, and they just expressed in part of the conversation that they were going to see a psychic. And so pe- people are looking for answers. There, there is a spiritual reality, and I believe that these things are, you know, they, they, they get hooked in. There are truths, but not truth in these things. There's, there's psychics and there's tarot readings. There's enough truths to hook people in, but ultimately it's about hooking them in more and more and more so there's no way out. Or it's to, to get money from them if it's a psychic or a tarot card reader, and it's to oppress them and hook them in to keep going that way. Whereas Jesus and the Holy Spirit are about giving us freedom. You know, we've, we've talked about the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give us life and life in abundance. So that, that is the difference between the Holy Spirit and the other spirits. And, and so these gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's to build up the believers. It's, yeah, it's, it's not just about building up anybody that's standing at the front. It's not about Pastor Chris and Vicky or Brandon or myself or anyone else that's preaching, Loretta, anyone doing it. It's not about standing here and looking good because we might have a gift or operate in a gift. It's not about that. It's for the common good. The gifts that come from here through a microphone and are for the common good for everybody in the room. But it's not just about people standing here. It's each one of us has a gift for people everywhere else in the room and our connect groups and our families and I'll probably keep saying that uh, to, to make a point as we go through the morning <laughs> okay so so let's have a look uh, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 4 so so there's a, a few scriptures going to go through uh, reasonably quickly so these these are the spiritual gifts the, the classic uh, nine that you might have heard of um, Oh, yeah, sometimes referred to as charismatic because it's about sort of manifestations or or people seeing things. So there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit uh, distributes them. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it is the same God at work. This is just to say that it's only one Holy Spirit. There's not all these other spirits going on. There were the Corinthians were all a bit confused about what was going on, a bit of divisions, and like, I've got better tongues than them, and, and am I speaking from Paul or from Holy Spirit or God or Jesus? What, what, what's happening? It's just saying it's all from the Holy Spirit. It's just God's grace in its various forms. It's all the same God at work. And then, uh, skip to the next. There we go. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So I've already used that verse, but this is the context where it fits in the whole thing. So we're talking about all these different gifts, different, all coming from the same Spirit. Now, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between Spirit's to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So I, I read through that pretty quickly. Okay, cool, I'm, I'm meant to understand these gifts uh, pretty quickly. Yes, of course. Uh, so, so go through just briefly, one by one. The first one is the message of wisdom. Now, often people that have the gift of wisdom don't necessarily know it, but the others around them would do. And hopefully if you have it, you, you would understand. But the gift of wisdom is the, the people that we have around us in, in our community that you're talking to them about life and just sharing what's going on and, and they're just, they might be quite understated in, in, what, in their personality sometimes. That they, they could be loud, but generally they'll just quite measured in their words. So just say one or two things, a statement, maybe you're talking about career, what's going on, family life. They'll just say something and it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, that's a fantastic idea. Why didn't I think of that? Just something that'll cut through and it brings this, and often uh, when the Holy Spirit's moving, it'll bring peace. And, and if you get this word of wisdom, there'll just be like, there's a peace on that. I'll, 
it just makes me feel peaceful to if I follow that instruction or that idea, it just where did that come from? I couldn't have thought of that. Yeah, it's because it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's God, it's the Holy Spirit working through us. So the message of wisdom is to bring clarity to a situation, understanding, uh, peace, and maybe a bit of... Am I still there? Yep, cool. Uh, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. So sometimes uh, message of knowledge might be referred to as uh, word of knowledge. Uh, it is kind of depending on the and version of the Bible you're looking at. Now, the word of knowledge is, again, it's something that the Holy Spirit will give to somebody. It's an understanding of a situation or a person or what's going on that that person could never have known before. And the the whole idea is to help somebody move forward. It's not just saying, oh, great, um, I know something about somebody uh, just, just for the sake of it. It's and, and just to build you up and say, oh, you know, I, I, this person did that and, and isn't that scandalous and hold it to yourself and, and lord this knowledge over somebody and blackmail them. No, it's, 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 not, it's not about that at all. Uh, now, the first time uh, I had used this gift, I think I was about 19, uh, roughly, if I remember correctly. I was at a youth conference in New Zealand and uh, interestingly enough, it was a spiritual gifts workshop uh, that they had these kind of breakout sessions and went to. And I was praying with uh, some girls from our youth group for this. The one member that was in, in our group that we broke off to was not from our church, was from some other church. And looking back on it, it was just a complete setup by God right from the start. Uh, but I had never met her before. I had no idea who she was. As, I was, as we were praying... Uh, I'd never known what this this was, but I just felt this picture and started sharing with her that uh, she was being held back, and it was because of unforgiveness. Because, as I said to her, I feel like somebody in your family has done something to you in in the past, and that is holding back. And just like, and she needs to forgive. As, as hard as it is, the next step is to to forgive so you can move forward. And and right then, uh, she started bawling. I almost fell over, which is kind of weird. You, often it's a person getting prayed for that falls over. Uh, but it was just so evident. And and the, the whole purpose of a word of knowledge is to give insight and understanding in a way that could never have got, but it was about helping her be set free. It was helping her move forward and, and knowing from somebody else uh, just a little key that would make a difference in, in the rest of her life. And I remember seeing her, uh, Christchurch is smaller than Adelaide, so yeah, church events, you, you bump into people. And, and, and I remember being at a sort of follow-up one-night event, as, as youth events often have, and I was on one side of the room, which was completely on the other side of the auditorium, and just saw her free and worshipping. And this is about three or four months later. And I, I'd never kind of talked to her again, but I just remember seeing that she seemed a lot freer and was able, was worshiping in, in truth, and just like yeah, the the freedom she had was be able to set free. So the word, the message of knowledge, it's not about lording something over a person; it's to be able to help them set free or understand their situation, and it's all through the Holy Spirit. the The next gift is uh, faith, and. You know, the Bible says we, we all have faith. You only need faith as small as a mustard seed. But there are people that have the gift of, you could call it super faith. Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah we, we can make a movie about it. It's like Superman. You know, uh, it's p- the people, yeah, and we, we may know those people that just, it might come across as a super positive sometimes, and that can be particularly annoying at, at times, especially when you're not in that kind of zone of being in faith or positivity. But they're the kind of person that says, yes, like, not just that, oh, yeah, I, I think it'll be all right. You know, think, things will work out. It's like, yes, I am standing and believing that in spite of all circumstances, this person can buy a house. This person can get this job that they should not, in a worldly sense, be entitled to, but God's going to open doors. 
It's where they can believe. It talks in the Bible about faith to move mountains. And, uh, yeah, it's just this ridiculous ability or belief that just, and it can be a quiet one. It can be stern and determined, and it doesn't have to be flashy. It's just like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through like God will provide. God is coming through. And maybe it's a bit of encouragement on the side. Uh, and I remember, a, again, our youth group in uh, Christchurch, we, we had a bit of fun, uh, good, good memories. We, our, our youth pastors at one point had this kind of vision of do it, putting some scriptures and praying for our, our town, which was sort of a seaside town, a big like, I don't know, uh, Victor Harbour kind of attached right onto Adelaide. So you're kind of separate, but it's part of the city, surrounded by hills. Uh, I've only been to Victor Harbour once, so if my geography is wrong, uh, please forgive me. But, you know, kind of like this town by by the beach, part of the city, uh, if that makes sense. And then about a year later, there there was this announcement in the local paper that the Masonic Lodge was going to get shipped out of town. It was literally going to get cut in half, put on the back of two trucks and moved out to this historic village with trams and things uh, several kilometres away. Now, uh, y- you might think controversial, we're talking about the Masons, but yeah, yeah, there's, there's uh, things that can happen with these different groups and, and there's these spiritual oppression or spiritual realities and can disturb the peace. And so we had this... Faith, we just we've, we've, we're following our youth pastor's vision and understanding of what God was wanting to do. And then a year later, just all of a sudden, this spiritual oppression, object of spiritual oppression was taken away. Just literally cut in half, put on the back of two trucks and shipped out of town. And, and if, you, if you think about like cultish type buildings around the place, they don't move. Uh, you know, there's, they're, they're established. They, they've probably been there for maybe a hundred years. You know, there's different, de- depending on what suburbs they're in. But I know, uh, Paynham Road. There's a Mason building. There's, there's these different ones all over the place. They're kind of established in their communities, and they don't just kind of move. But it's the kind of thing that, if you hear from God and you believe it, and no matter what happens can move mountains or you can move buildings on the back of trucks. <laughs> the, the next gift is the, uh, the gift of healing uh, by, by that one spirit. Now, this uh, might be a bit more obvious. It's just there's uh, spiritual healing, physical healing. Somebody who will have a, I guess you could say, a higher hit rate. If they, we're, we're, we're <laughs> we, we are all called to pray for people. We're all called to minister and step out and believe with people. But some have a gift or an, an anointing to see uh, miracles happen in, in the area of healing. And in some of those ones, we might know more from a pulpit style, like people like Andrew Kabbalah uh, and Mark C3, who his story and his whole anointing is that he's a, a healing minister and probably gifted prophecy as well. That his whole, his, because of his story and his revelations, he's got this understanding of healing. So if he turns up to a meeting or and people come along with this expectancy of faith, there's going to be healings happen in that room. Uh, probably m- more so than somebody that doesn't have the gift of healing. But it's not just about what happens up the front. Again, somebody can have the gift of healing in a workplace and be praying for somebody and just see healings happen, colds go, uh, speedy recoveries from broken bones and, and operations. You can take the gift of healing anywhere and you'll likely see this just amazing, yeah, as I say, hit rate, uh, <laughs> that things that would be more successful. But just because somebody's got a gift doesn't mean every single time they pray it's going to happen. There's, there's all sorts of things that uh, in that, but if we don't pray, then it won't happen in the first place. Like, if, if we don't do it, we don't know. If we do pray, then there's a chance that they'll get healed. And, and, and some people, yeah, will, it will work really well for them. Another one is gift of miraculous powers or uh, gift of miracles. Now, gift of miracles, uh, a healing is a miracle, but gift of miracles is bigger than that. In that, um, well, let's say, for example, I've prayed for a fuel tank to be filled before. 
uh, don't say it's actually happened, but you know, it's believing for physical things to happen and amazing, kind of coupled with faith, the, the gift of faith, to believe for things that just shouldn't be able to happen, they actually do uh, shift things. Um, let me... So, uh, as an example, yeah, the, the Masonic Lodge moving from our town was a miracle. That sort of thing doesn't happen. Uh, say, casting of demons, that's miracles. Uh, even the ability to raise the dead. Uh, now, I've actually met a couple of people that have stopped people dying or, or raised from the dead, and that's a miracle. It's kind of a bit beyond healing. It's actually <laughs> like, you know... There's something pretty powerful in that, uh, being able to raise somebody from the dead. I just wonder, has anybody, you know, I'm sure at times we've gone, ah, oh, I need some help here. You, you, you need that fuel, that the empty light just to, kind of the car, just to keep going. Or maybe stuck in the middle of the night, dangerous situation, and just being able to get home. Or, you know, you pray and believe that everybody be safe in the situation that uh, shouldn't happen and God has brought you through. That gift of miracles, it's beyond just healing, it's uh, circumstances changing. Another one is gift of prophecy. Uh, gift of prophecy is about um, being able to see insight. Word of knowledge might sort of say history a little bit. Prophecy is speaking of the future, and often it comes in the way of pictures. Uh, I know sometimes when I see prophetic things, it's like there's this picture, I've got no idea what it's talking about, it's just a picture. But as you step out, as you start talking about it, God will give the understanding of that picture. Or maybe the, there isn't an understanding. You just the, the picture is what's there and somebody else will get the understanding of it. Or somebody, that picture might just mean something to somebody that you don't know about. You just, in faith, put it out there and it'll be a key. Again, like the word of knowledge thing, to help somebody step forward. Uh, prophecy is also exhorting and encouraging. It's not pulling people back. It's all about helping them move forward again. So often uh, the gift of exhortation or encouragement is mixed in with prophecy. Another is distinguishing between spirits, the ability to uh, understand or often referred to as discernment, to look at a situation, walk into a room and go, something's not right. Now, if you're in here at the moment, you say it's all, all good. It's it's good in here this morning, but you know, walk into a particular business environment, particular household, and something's just not quite right. There's, you know, maybe someone's they've had an argument before you've gone into the house, and there's this. Not everybody will pick it up, uh, but some people have a particular gift, or to to look at somebody and say, to literally say that person's got this kind of demonic influence in their life and actually be able to identify it. I've got somebody in my family that's not in church, uh, has been, has a gift of discernment and can actually look at a f- photo of somebody and say that's like kind of word of knowledge and discernment to say that's this person's got this issue or like is struggling in this area. It's freaky. And and, and, and the, the gifts actually, you know, once somebody's got a gift, they whether you're in church or not, people can still move in that gift. Uh, and because it, it's a really weird thing to struggle with because like, why, why would that be the case? And, you know, we hear ministers in church that are full and, and, you know, but they still up to the point where they were found out and people are getting saved and people are coming into church. It's like, how does that happen? I don't get it. But God's bigger than that this person's issue, you know, I'm, I'm far from perfect. God's bigger than me. He's more interested in what he can do in the lives of the community and, uh, and build up the, and serve others around us. And so it's not so much... It, and then these people can go out and maybe in business or something have, still have a gift. Uh, say someone with an evangelistic gift can often be a very good salesperson and, and stand up and... and and just and sell things and uh, talk the gift of the, have the gift of the gab or go into business world. So the the gifts can uh, can translate. And uh, another gift is speaking in different kinds of tongues. Now we we do this in uh, our church. Some churches don't don't believe it necessarily exists. 
uh, or that it's not not for now. But there's, there's different kinds of tongues. There's uh, sort of angelic tongues, tongues that we don't really understand. We're, we're praying and, and edifying and, and building up ourselves. We, we don't know what's going on, but it's kind of like this prayer language when you've got no other words, where you just start praying. And your, your spirit is communicating with the Holy Spirit, and he says he interprets and and is interceding for us through through we, we don't know what we're saying, but you know when uh, I remember there's times where I cannot articulate, but you just start praying, and you just you know you just start getting it out, and eventually it might kind of sound like a language, and that can be angelic intercessory tongues. There's also examples of uh, read of missionaries going to places and and just encountering a new people and suddenly just speaking their language because God wants to communicate to those people more than anything else. And, and you know, most missionaries are encouraged to actually learn the language of the people. But in a situation, just to, there are miraculous times where people have been able to pick up and speak a language so it can communicate with that region. And, and, so, and there's also the uh, tongues more for a public forum where we are in a group and somebody, like a word of prophecy, might speak out a public word of tongues. Now, it's probably a little bit less common than other gifts uh, and depends on sort of the, the, room, the environment. We might not so much do it in a church service, but maybe a prayer meeting or a connect group, there might be room for those sorts of things. And that flows into the interpretation of tongues requires somebody to actually understand that and translate that to people. And so it's kind of tied in with prophecy as well. So th- these are the nine gifts of uh, the Spirit in 1 Corinthians. Now, often yeah, referred to as manifestation gifts. In uh, Romans 12, I'm just going to uh, re- read through them. I won't, won't spend any particular time on them. As the, the motivational gifts. Cool. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. And, whoops, I missed the rest of it. Uh, and if it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So there's, I think it's uh, seven gifts here. There's prophesying, serving, teaching, encouragement and exhortation giving, leadership, and mercy or compassion. Now, I'm particularly strong in mercy, I've got to say. <laughs> Sorry, Carver, <I'm> just, <laughs> just str- struggle with that one. But I, I think that's a good example. See, oh, it's, uh, I'm not, no, I'm not particularly good there. Um, <laughs> see, you know, I admit my faults. Carver gets sick, and I'm kind of like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> She's laughing because it's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, sometimes you, you, uh, when the Holy Spirit's moving, there's kind of I've prayed for people, been in environments where you're just like can't do anything but cry, and and that that's not normally me. But so, and but you might have a gift of mercy and compassion where you see somebody walk into church or in your across the room at work and just go. You know, they just need some comfort. They just need some encouragement. Uh, you, you see the, the the lost and the broken and the downtrodden. And we're all, as a church and individually, we're all called to look out for people that are the outcasts of society or the people that are not cared for. But some just are amazing, like so gifted in the area of reaching the, the broken, reaching those that need mercy and needing, needing compassion. Uh, serving, we're all called to serve, but some have particularly great servants. As teaching, we're all called to to disciple and and lead people and and, and pastor. But some have the ability and a gifting of getting information and breaking it down and sharing it with people in a way that you can run with it and take it and apply it to your life. So there's a difference between sharing information and having a gift of teaching, encouragement and exhortation. You know, sometimes we just need a bit of encouragement. And as I was preparing for this message, I particularly 
just felt like well, God was encouraging me just you know with where things are at, business and family, and and just felt like for for I don't know if it's for one person or just for everybody this morning that God just wanted to say, yeah, it's going to be okay, like it's going to work out. I don't know if it's for any anybody in particular, but sometimes in spite of everything that happens around our our week and everything that comes against us. We just need to know it's going to work out. It's going to be okay. Giving Some people are particularly generous and just have this amazing uh, gift of giving their resources and are amazing stewards. And they'd be the ones that are getting multiple uh, returns at you know, the parable of the talents. We're all called to give. We're all called to tithe. We talk about it every week in church. But some have this amazing ability just to be generous in all circumstances. And leadership, talked about that one. Now, we're in this time where uh, there's also the gifts and Ephesians of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, there's all these gifts. Uh, some of them, you know, the gifts of the Spirit in Corinthians, we, can, we might have a particular strength in one area, but we can all move. If we're the only person in our workplace, you know, we're the minister to our workplace. So we can't just say, oh, yeah, Chris is a great pastor, so I'm gonna, I need a pastor in my workplace. So Chris can just come along and have lunch and like, hang out for the afternoon. Because the boss, and you know, there's these particular people that need to be talked to and just encouraged. And, but no, no, we, we situationally... God can bring the gifts and the words and knowledge and the encouragement or the, the uh, you know, yeah, and it doesn't have to be weird. Like, that, well, it shouldn't be weird, should I say. Like, you, you could have a word of knowledge, something that's going to help somebody step forward, but you're not going to go up to them and say, yeah. you know, I feel like there's somebody, you're not going to get on the PA system in the office and say, Somebody in this room is just, uh, you know, needs to forgive somebody. And, or, you know, you, you might be able to just say, that person across the other room, side of the room, or the person in the next cubicle, or the person at the, you know, walk into a sandwich shop, person behind the counter, just looking downtrodden, just like, you know, have a great day. You know, I reckon you, you, you do a fantastic job at what you're doing. Thank you for... You know, normal everyday language, but when we turn up, as Fergus McIntyre says, God turns up. When we walk into a building, the Holy Spirit's on us. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We're bringing the gifts of the Spirit into a sandwich shop, into a coffee uh, shop, cafes, into our workplace. The gifts of the Spirit are going where we are. Now, some will believe that some of these gifts, like apostles, were only for the... New Testament time, uh, and but for for me, like you, you're talking about apostles uh, in this verse, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. You can't just pull out one of the five and say it only existed in that time. But we still have pastors and teachers and evangelists, uh, but we don't have apostles. It, for me, it, it sounds like a convenient excuse to have powerless Christianity. As I said before, there's these. Uh, Spiritual realities, things are happening and, and there is a spiritual world and we need to be moving forward. Uh, Chris talked about a few weeks ago that the, um, Jesus saying to Peter, I tell you, Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the ga- gates of Hades will not overcome it or the, the gates of hell will not overcome it and that it's not so much about the gates aren't on wheels and moving forward. That's not what gates do. It's not that the gates are coming against us. It's that we are aggressors. We are the ones actively pushing forward. So we need power to do so. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We cannot live in a world where there's so many things going on and not have the power of God behind us. 1 Corinthians 1.17. If, uh, if you want to find out about uh, intellect and the power of God and 1 Corinthians 1 and 2 are fantastic to stew over for a few weeks Uh, because you'll need it. So it's talking about the power of God being the foolishness of men. It really screws with your mind. It's fantastic. 
For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Now, it's not to say that I'm just going to stand up here and go, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be eloquent, I'm going to like fall over and oh, I can't really say words. But it's like, it's this twofold thing. It's great to be eloquent. It's great to be, uh, have wisdom. But what is that if we don't have the power of God? We need both. I can stand here and I could give you high English, well, I couldn't give you high English, but I could give you a great uh, wisdom, you know, study for years just for this one message and it'd be perfect and have it written out. I don't like writing word by word. I just have scriptures and bullet points and I kind of uh, go around because I'm not all eloquent. I'm human. But we need the cross of Christ. We, we need the power of God behind us. We need both going together. In uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 4, my, again, Paul says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We're in this age of knowledge. Like The, the stats are... We know so much more information, like exponentially more than people of 200 years ago because of internet and, and the, the rate of the amount of information in the world that exists now is just ridiculous. So we need something that cuts through. The Holy Spirit, the power of God, cuts through and can, when people are struggling with information, you know, there's all this wisdom out there and everybody knows the right thing to do, but... God's wisdom. It says in amongst these passages that the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisest, the wisdom of man. So if you were to put it on the scale, that that this this the heresy, the stupidest thing God ever said, is like exponentially wiser than the wisest thing a man could say. Like it, you wouldn't even have them on the same scale. They wouldn't even be close. But in, and then so. We don't want to rest on our wisdom. We want to rest on God's wisdom and on his power. In, and then uh, in verse 14, interesting verse to Stuart. person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Have you ever had a conversation about spiritual matters or the gifts of the Spirit or about healing? And somebody is like... Yeah, it's a load of, or just like, are you trying to explain faith? Mm-hmm. What? You know, sometimes we need a touch of the Spirit to really understand. It's kind of like this uh, translation or this this key to unlock. And there's these spiritual realities, but so many people just kind of walking by, just like head down, kind of zombies, not aware of what's going on. And, but we ne- we need the Spirit of God to really understand. And it might all sound a bit like gobbledygook, but with the Holy Spirit, we can discern and understand, and work. Joel two twenty eight says, "And afterwards I'll pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So it's men and women. It's young and old. It's not exclusive to, it doesn't say just the leaders of the nation, the the kings of Jerusalem. It's your sons and daughters, your old men, your young men, my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. We are spirit-powered Christians we, we might struggle and say, oh, what, what do I have to contribute? What gift do I have? What, what's it worth? M- Moses, one of the greatest leaders in, uh, Jewish, yeah, in the history of uh, Israel, he said to, he was called to set the people free, to go and release, uh, some say up to three million people, the one million men, and when you add the women and children, three million people from Egypt. And he's like, what? Who, who me? What if? What if they don't believe me? I've seen you, but what if they don't believe me? 
And it says, did I not appear to you? It's like, yeah, but I kind of need a bit more than that. <laughs> and then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? Is that a staff? What, what's, what's in our hands? What, what do we have? Like, what do hands do? He had a stick. He had a piece of wood that was an instrument of his trade for 40 years in the desert you know, to whack away wolves and keep sheep together. It's like nondescript item. He didn't have a sword that was embellished and all nice and pretty. He just had what was in his, in his hand. You know, what, what do we have in our hands? What, what do we do with our hands? Our hands can, they can care for somebody. They can pat somebody on the back and offer comfort. They can feed somebody. I learned a thing or two about that in the last 18 months, about feed Jemima and, you know, without her being fed. Now she's feeding herself a little bit in between it going in all different directions. But <laughs> hands feed. They, they give. They build with a tool. They build and doing all sorts of things. They uh, can defend you know, put them together. You can defend, attack, defend, active aggression. What is in your hand? What gift do you have? Our hands also create. They're an instrument of writing and creativity and drawing and poetry, songwriting. There's amazing pictures and, and bringing colour to our world. It's not just, there's this such, such a range. So I just asked Jordan if I'm jumping up. So I want to ask, you know, what do we, going back to the parable of the talents, what gifts do we have? Are we the first or the second servant and we using the gifts we have? Do we know what the gifts we have? Or is there a fear that's holding us back? Are we the the third servant who's kind of like, oh, I don't really know. I'm just going to like hang here because it's pretty comfortable. I don't have to look at anybody. You know, I can preach and I don't have to see everybody's faces and where they're looking. You know, are we, where do we fit? So I want to give in the, just in the next few minutes as we, as we close, just, just an opportunity to say if if some of this was new, if these gifts, this talk of the gifts is new, like God's I, I feel like God wants to release gifts in people that uh, might not have moved in gifts. Or maybe, you know, I, I had a mentor when I was a teenager uh, actively encouraged me to seek gifts and pray for gifts. And ironically, the gifts that I prayed for seem to be the ones that I have now. Just, just interesting, like, you know, you're asking you shall receive. So, so why, why not ask for the gifts? Uh, and, and coupled with that, you know, one of the gifts is the gift of tongues, you know, speaking in tongues, not so much in the, the public sense, but the, the prayer language that when you don't know what to say, you can just pray. You can just stir up your spirit and connect with God. And maybe, you know, to finish off and round off stewardship in relation to not stealing and holding back, maybe we have gifts and maybe we've just held back and maybe it's a fear, maybe it's a, something else. Maybe we're, something's happened and now it's time to step forward and kind of out, out of the shadows, as yeah, the cliche says. It's time to get into the light to, to step forward. Maybe we need to take a physical step. You know, just the gifts are given for the common good. So it's just possible that you have a gift that is going to unlock a destiny or a future or some understanding for the person sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you. Now, I believe God is big, and if somebody needs a word, you know, they'll, come, they'll get it sooner or later from somebody because God's interested in that person more than whether you say it. But you know, as we're faithful, He'll give us more. If we're faithful with the little, He will give us more. So if we hold back, we're limiting ourselves. 
in what God has in store for us. So I just ask uh, everybody just to stand with me this morning. And just to just put out your hands, your instruments of creativity, your instruments of warfare, of building, of provision. going to ask anybody to come forward but I just like just a couple of indications of hands just so I know where we're at I just if anybody feels like they don't know if they're baptized in the spirit and would just like to receive the Holy Spirit in a way that haven't understood before just to see a release of the gifts if if you feel like that's you and maybe people have had this prayer language around you and have not really sure and you, you would like that just to see just to raise your hands just give me an indication if if you're in that place and wanting to receive the holy a baptism of the spirit and the gift of tongues this morning just if there's anybody that would be in that cool. thank you now maybe we feel like we're baptized in the spirit and we're not really sure about the gifts just if anybody is seeking new gifts or would like to move in a particular gift and doesn't have, isn't really feeling like they have that gift and would like it unlocked in their life and, and realized and, and to be seen for the common good and to serve those around us. Is there anybody that would like to know and understand and step into a new gift or their gifts this morning? Just raise your hand, please. Thank you. And maybe we have gifts, and maybe you've had a gift of prophecy or a gift of word of knowledge or giving, pastoring, uh, miracles, healing. And something maybe fears held you back, something else has held you back, and saying, I want to be a good steward of my gift this morning from here forward is there anybody that would like to just acknowledge before God this morning that it's now time to to step forward to embrace the gift that I know I have already is there anybody in that place this morning fear but God's helped you understand this morning that your gift is not about you it's about those around you it's to serve others it's for the common good Um, believe that shackles are breaking off these gifts and we're going to see color in your life again the creativity that comes with these gifts is going to be unlocked maybe it's in a connect group maybe it's in your workplace the next time that opportunity comes step forward and move in that gift and even right now Holy Spirit is coming to baptize people afresh give you prayer languages and pray that understand Holy Spirit that we have power We are not of those who shrink back. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but forceful men lay hold of it. We are in warfare. We move in the power of God. It's not about wisdom or eloquence, 
power of God that people's faith will rest. Nathan, that was a very important message this morning. No matter what's preached on next week, and it'll be fabulous, don't forget that's the sort of message that we need to keep hold of for the rest of our lives. We need to be thinking, you know, what has is, what is God put into our hands, and are we using what He has given us? Because there's, there's nothing more insulting than a gift refused. Imagine it's your birthday and somebody brings you a nicely wrapped gift and you just say, well, thank you, that's nice. And you put it on the mantelpiece. And they say, aren't you going to open it? Oh, no, it's, it's nice. I like it. I just, I just want to look at it. And they say, there's, but there's something worthwhile in there. I've bought it for you. No, no, I'm, I'm happy just to look. They'd leave in disgust. Especially if it's, you know, diamond ring or sort of especially a kitten yeah it could be nasty (laughs) but the secret to actually using what God has given us is first to acknowledge that it's God who's given it to us and so just before we finish I want to give one more opportunity for people if I could ask everybody just to close their eyes and bow their heads if you're interested in the fact that you are gifted by God but you don't know God and the first step to using those gifts the first step to being effective as a child of God is to acknowledge God as your source as your saviour as your supplier as your king and all he does is ask us to change our life by acknowledging that's who he is for us personally and so while no one's looking around if you have never come to that conclusion and said I want to state in public before people that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour I'm going to follow him and accept the term Christ follower or Christian for the rest of my life then I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute If you've done it before, but you've led a wayward life since then, you once decided that following Jesus was a good idea, but life has distracted you, and you want to recommit that, because God is the God of the second chance, then you too can have that opportunity. And all that God requires is that we believe that He is our Savior in our heart, but we also confess it with our mouth. And that's it. He doesn't require you to sign anything in blood. He doesn't require any ritual, just a statement and a belief in your heart. So while every eye is closed and head bowed, if you would like to dedicate your life to Jesus Christ this morning, either for the first time or a renewal of your faith, just lift your hand so I can see it. I'll acknowledge that hand we can pray a prayer to make that dedication thank you I see that hand anybody else this morning wants to make that dedication okay thank you I see that hand if I can get everybody to open their eyes and I think it's something that's good for us all to remind ourselves of why we follow Jesus Christ. So I want every single person here to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, this day I turn my life around. I declare in my heart and with my mouth that you are my Lord and my Saviour. 
I reject the devil and all his plans. I am now a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I believe in the power that comes with that declaration. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Amen. Strikes me as we pray that prayer that God has made you an incredibly good looking bunch of people. And so, because of that, I suspect that He has now planned for us coffee and cake. So, don't forget to have an awesome week. There's Connect Group tomorrow night. But if you're still requiring prayer, Carmen and Mathan, I believe, are going to be here. And although he has sort of tried to persuade us that he's not wise and eloquent and uh, doesn't have enough powers, of gifts of God that he's been given, let me tell you that's not true. If you need prayer, uh, they will pray. And Carmen's not bad either. Um, <laughs> so she, ha- she has the mercy that Nathan's lacking. <laughs> So, yeah, if you're feeling down, come to see Carmen. Um, But have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.